Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and this episode is brought to you by my sponsor, Certified Piedmontese. I have a great offer for you, so stick around later in the episode. I want to get that to you. But first, let's get to my guest today. I've had these guys on a couple times before, and what's really fun about it is every time I feel like it's been at a very distinct point in the life of this restaurant. The first time I I had... uh, I had the guys from Dirty Birds on. The restaurant was really just still a concept. It was a pop-up. These guys are still working at Kitchen Table. The second time I had them on it was actually last May. The restaurant was alive in the Switch Beer and Food Hall. It was thriving and among the most popular joints in Omaha. And today we are recording coming off the release of some pretty big news uh, a couple weeks back. But we'll get to that. First, I just have to, it is my genuine pleasure to welcome the Dirty Birds crew back into the studio. Guys, welcome to the show once again. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. All right, we're going to start off like we did last time. Because we've got three different guests in here, I'm going to have you guys go around the table, introduce yourselves just so we can familiarize with voices, and then we'll get into the episode. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, Moses, lead us off. Yes, I'm Moses. There we go. <laughs> I'm the other Dan in the room. <laughs> the better Dan. Whatever. What's up? It's Mike. All right, so there we've got some voices, and now we're going to do a quick introduction to Dirty Birds. I have a hard time believing that anyone who's a food lover and is listening to this doesn't know what Dirty Birds is or hasn't experienced it at least once, and if you haven't, listener, you probably need to correct that. But just in case that is the case, uh, let's give a quick intro to Dirty Birds. You guys are known for just the mountainous fried chicken sandwiches, for the remarkably crispy chicken, and really, I think, just your kind of fun devil-may-care attitude. But I want to hear it from you guys. What do you think makes Dirty Birds different from really any other restaurant in Omaha? Yeah, I mean, uh, frying chicken with our best friends. That's that's what we say every day. That's our that's our mantra. It's, it's what we live by. It's frying chicken with our best friends. So you can't have that bad of a day, you know. Uh and I guess, you know, what makes us different is just our, you know, attention to detail because we're always there. We're, like we say, 10 toes down every day. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> definitely great. Have, knowing you can always have a friend to have your back because it's like one situation where you're at a job and the chef that, like, you might not hang out with all the time, like, ask you to do something a little differently, you know, or, like, change a recipe, but, like, here at Dirty Birds, there's always a friend, like that's someone you have a relationship with. It, it just comes off a little lighter, everything, at the end of the day. How unique is that in the restaurant industry to have bonds like that within the kitchen? Uh, maybe not super unique, but you have to really develop them in the kitchen. Ours was developed before we even stepped foot in the kitchen. You know, We all lived together. We all played together. We all worked together in the same kitchen, same background. So we developed that. It, it takes a while in a restaurant. You know, you, you get there for sure. It's called the dance. The dance. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have to ask, we got to go roommate watch here. The first time yeah. I had you guys on, Dan and Moses were roommates. Last time, all three of you were roommates. Now, Moses, I know you've gotten married. That's correct. Congratulations. Thank first you. First of all. Are you guys all still living together? What what's roommate situation here? So me and my wife, we moved out, but uh the funny story is we moved next door in the same apartment. <laughs> so, it's like a it's like no a sitcom. Roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, neighbors. Yeah. All right, fair enough. We have delayed the big news long <laughs> enough, and of course, if you are someone who follows kind of Omaha food happenings, you probably saw this, but. Um, 
you guys are you guys are opening a second location in the historic Flatiron building. And Moses, I want to go back to a quote that you had with Omaha Magazine back in August. You said, we plan on having another big-ass location, one for us, built by us, something we can create from the ground up. And now that's happening. That's like happening. You, you guys, you're not in – well, you still will be in the Switch, but this is a space that you get to mold into what you want. I guess just kind of tell me about the partnership with the Flatiron Building and, and how that whole thing came together. Yeah, you know we uh, we'd we'd been contacted uh, numerous times by you know a lot of a lot of different realtors and developers and stuff like that, and you know they saw something in us. You know the whole city did so, but uh, that kind of progressed, and we we were able and fortunate enough to work with uh, again friends of ours, uh, our realtor Colleen and PJ Morgan and Ryan and all them guys. They 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 reached out to us and they didn't forget about us because at first we were like, nah, we don't have time for this, but they they came back and then you know, tried again. And then we said, no, we don't have time for this. And then we actually reached out to them because, you know, we love that. We love seeing somebody come and bothering us and like, Hey guys, what's up? It's time for a new spot. And, uh, so yeah, I mean that, that again, they, they always had us in mind and they're really cool people. And we know some of the businesses they've already produced and we really liked them. They're definitely in our circle. So, you know, just like any realtor, we got a big old list of places to check out. And, uh, we did, we should, we did our due diligence. We looked at some places, you know, here and there, everywhere. They they found us new places, old places, but there was one on that list, and it was the Flatiron. And we we overlooked it. We thought there was no way. We we thought, you know, nah, not even a chance. We're not even going to look at it because then we'll just hurt ourselves. But uh, you know, as we start knocking them out, we start looking at places. Nothing really screamed at us, and nothing really like you know, we we didn't like it. We, not that we didn't like anything, but nothing really just fit us. You know, like that that attitude kind of who we are, but then we said, all right, well, let's go look at the Flatiron, and I didn't want to go, like, we, it was Dan and Mike, and I was like, I can't even go, because I can't look at it and then be disappointed. He was, he was stressing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, when we finally got in there and got to look at it, we saw its bones, and, you know, it has the history, and it, it really just feels like us in there, and, uh, you know, that's going to be our marquee location. That's our, we're, again, we get to build it from the ground up, there's been a lot of history in that building, and uh, there's been a lot of good meals already served there, so we know the vibe is right. We know it's going to be a good spot for us, and we're just going to be taking it back to what it once was. Like, we're not adding anything. We're not, <clears throat> we're not trying to build this, like, gaudy structure. No, we're taking it back. We're stripping the walls. We're, we're putting it back to where it was when it first got there, and that's, that's very us, very fits our, fits our spectrum for sure. Mm-hmm. Dan and Mike, Mo- Moses said he was hesitant. He didn't even want to go mm-hmm. there. Why, why did you guys push and be like, no, we got to check this place out? It, um, yeah, when we first got our list of listings, that that struck a chord with me. Just uh, having the flat iron on there, I just couldn't believe that that was an opportunity that was I think you said that like us. a dozen times. It's like, it, yeah, it, it was very humbling. It moved me quite <laughs> to, yeah, it was very emotional. I think you still kind of am. Uh, it just means so much. It's unbelievable. Really cool. So Moses mentioned when you guys got in there and started really examining the space, it felt like you. Can you guys kind of expand on that? And what was it as you walked around and, and toured and, and looked at the different unique qualities of that space that made you go, yes, this is this is it. This is the one. Yeah, I think just stepping in there, it feels like home. Uh, um, 
the big windows. That's that's so cool. The, the giant patio. The giant the patio. The quirkiness of the dining room. The way it's kind of the, you know, it's not built like every other dining room. It's got kind of comes to a point there. The big windows. The big patio. Uh, the creepy basement. Oh, the basement's the basement's a spot. It's mm-hmm. cool. The basement's really cool. Like, uh, yeah. What's cool about it? It's huge. It's huge, and it's it's giant. got that brick facade. It's got really high ceilings. The pipes are in the middle. Uh, it looks like somebody's been trying to do something with it for a really long time, but nobody's had like, let's the, do it. Uh, yeah, it you know it, it has it has certain drawbacks. You know, there's no bathroom down there. There's no separate entrance or anything. But it's just it's huge and it's creepy when the lights are off. <laughs> Spiders everywhere. Now, for people that are unfamiliar, uh, your current location at the Switch that is uh, a food hall where there are several different vendors. Everybody kind of has their own bay and. Diners can come in and choose from one of those, and then there's kind of a shared dining area. This is you guys' own thing. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know that, you know, you you enjoy being at the Switch. Yeah. We're not saying anything bad about the Switch, but what does it do for you when you get to take a space and you have complete control of it, and you can make it completely your own versus altering maybe just one small aspect of it? Uh, that's a big step for us too, you know, and I guess we're going to be finding that out in the same thing, you know, but now, now people are coming to see us like, you know, before it was, you know, we, we, we definitely have that drop. People come to see us at the switch and they, they, some people only think we're the, we're the only ones that exist in the switch sometimes, but you know, that's not the case. Like you get a customer, like they have so many more options. They come to the, come to, you know, flat iron now. I, we don't know what to call it still, by the way, we're calling it the law and order district right now. We're, <laughs> we're, we're playing with that. Yeah. We, we don't know. Like how we're gonna do it, but Dirty Birds Law and Order District, we like that one a little bit. Uh, yeah, rename the street Olivia Benson Way. We're thinking, but uh, yeah, give her so, a little plaque. Yeah, give her a little plaque. But uh, or tireless work. Yeah, now you come and that you're there for us, and that's cool because then you start off on a different foot with the customer. Now it's like you know they made their time to come out just to see us and just for us. So we're gonna make that accommodating and inviting. You know, we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to do some more to our menu, too, you know, take it back to some of our southern roots and really do, you know, really emphasize that. You know, fried chicken is always going to be the core for sure. But uh, it's going to be this great, inviting, and it's a bright space. It's like, you know, again, it's like us. It's quirky. The kitchen's got these really weird turns and twists in it. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, oh, it's everywhere. And we're, and we're doing even more to open up the building. We're, we don't want to hide ourselves. We don't. That's one thing we love about the switch. You see us every day. Like you come in, you see us. You see us cooking. You see us prepping. You see us bantering with each other. No matter what the case may be. So we're going to keep that there. So we're you know we're opening up the whole north wall of the building, and it's going to be almost like you're coming in the food hall. It's going to be like a to go side. You know, our bastard drive through we call it. But uh, <laughs> but uh, again, just to kind of invite people to watch us work, see what we do. Like you know. We, we, we don't like hiding in the background. We're not that type of guys, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moses, you mentioned earlier how detail-oriented you guys are. You guys are involving yourselves in really every step of the of the process throughout the restaurant, and you're you're seeing everything that goes out. And you guys, I mean, you, and we'll get to this more later, but you work like crazy. You work, mm-hmm. you guys are open 11 a.m. until at least 10 p.m. every day. And you, you, like I said, you're seeing everything that goes out of the kitchen. Now that you're going to have two spaces operating at once, how do you divide that labor and still get to work with your friends, like not have you guys separated all the time, but still ensure that you're getting maximum quality at both locations? Right. You know, that's 
that's going to be the, our biggest thing we're going to have to work through. You know, like we're we're not naive to any of the situation. It's going to be hard. We also have a lot of confidence in our prep chef, Cassie. Yes. she She's a huge key and bringing in a player to help her manage both locations is going to be exactly what we need. So. I mean, before she kills it. Yeah, we got great people. We have yeah. some of the coolest people to work Again, with us. Homie's got your back. Yes. Wu Tang. Wu Tang. <laughs> uh, menu changes. You mentioned getting more to the southern roots. Can you maybe? Yeah. I'm sure the menu obviously isn't finalized yet, but can you maybe tease out a little bit what people can expect? Yeah, you know, I, I came up in Georgia. I, you know, my first gigs were working for. Older, older Southern ladies in Georgia. Like, that was where I came up. And, you know, we were making Vidalia onion dips. We were making something called 100-year mushrooms and all these different little Southern little quirky things I learned in Georgia. I'm going to really – we're going to bring those to the forefront again and still keep our, our, you know, our core menu. But And we've seen a lot of winners, too. We've seen some winners come out of our kitchen as far as specials. And, uh, you know, we're going to emphasize those, especially at the new spot. and Just, uh, you know, have a little bit more of a encompassing menu for everybody who comes in. Uh, what's the tentative move-in date? I'm sure that that's a moving target. I'm sure it's bit. nothing solid, but what yeah. can what can people expect tentatively? I mean, as of you know, everything we've talked about and the way we want to do it, we want to try to open on our one-year anniversary of just being a spot. So January second is when like we've been throwing that out there, and uh, you know, at the same time, we're at the whim of some of our purveyors as far as like you know, we've talked to Coca-Cola. Hey, here's a good one for people trying to start a restaurant or even doing you know, like. There, there's a supply chain issue right now. So some of the mechanics you just can't get in the house. Like it's hard to find to get Coca-Cola to bring us a machine right now, or they don't, they don't even have any. Right, or our oil guys, our RTI. We're setting up a whole RTI system over there, like we have with the switch, and it's just, it just it plays out. Like some are, some can say it's a week out, some can say it's a month out. So we're we're still holding that date, but again, it's somewhat of a moving target. Uh, we're at the whim of some of the some of the supply chains issue affecting everybody right now. Uh, nothing big though nothing major nothing like we're worried about it's just you know they say six weeks it could be six weeks yeah so it feels impossible to me that you guys aren't even at the one year point yet it just it it already feels like dirty birds is like (laughs) just a integral part of the omaha food scene now like when i think fried chicken to me dirty birds is the first thing that comes to mind certainly fried chicken sandwiches um, what what do you think is the most important lesson that you learned in the first year that you think sets you up for success as you start to plan what the flat iron is going to look like and what what Dirty Birds is going to look like moving forward? I think just being you know head first and everything we do and ten toes down, like we always say. You know, we know we left no room for you know we're we're always there. We're doing it. We know what that takes. We know what that encompasses. Like we. We know what the chef life is, what the restaurant owner life is. And the switch just made sure we knew that <laughs> they were like, you know, and not they, but they, the switch and our customers and everybody, they made sure we knew what it took to open a restaurant and to be there all the time and to, you know, deal with situations and how to bring other people up in the same time. So, uh, and you know, and man, we learned a lot from the switch too, as far, you know, just POS oh, yeah. systems, uh, Stuff, you know, again, like they're talking to Coca-Cola, dishwashing systems, eco labs. They gave us a chance to really, you know, and we're stealing a bunch of their dishwashers too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We've already we've already brought one of the guys up out of the dish pit there. And now he's one of our. He's actually working right now. He better be at work right now. You better be at <laughs> work, right? Yeah, he better he be at work. Better be at work. Yeah, but uh, he, you know, he, <laughs> he, he might was have a, a kazoo in his pocket. Yeah, he might. He was yeah. a dishwasher, and we just liked him a lot, and he showed a lot of you know fortitude. And so we brought him out of the dish pit, and we taught him, and you know that paid off really well for us. And uh, just keep that pipeline of dishwashers and employees coming our way. That, that's how I got this gig. Yeah, dead end job dishwashing. Well, I think that's that's going to be another really fun part of you guys having the second location. You already mentioned Cassie, but like, there's going to be an opportunity for you to empower other people who are maybe a dishwasher, maybe they're a line cook or something now, but they're going to have a chance to take more responsibility, to to take on more duties and, and be more an integral part of the team. How exciting is that part of the process for you? It really means everything, to be honest. Yeah, that's like, so cool. Yeah, I mean, we and we we've said it before on a few po- on the last podcast. Like, we pay well, and we've held fast to that. It hasn't been easy, you know. It's it's hard as business owners, but we uh, we take care of our people. It's like we like we say a lot. You know, I'd rather our employees show up and ask for time off than worry about rent. Like, you know, I just bought tickets to somewhere. Like, I need time off. Like, that's great. That's really cool. Instead of you know, hey, I'm sorry, and it's money for rent. Like, we don't like that. That doesn't conduce. Yeah. It's not a conducive you know, environment to anything. So. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot of people willing to work for us. Like, people are waiting to work for us right now, which is f- so great. Especially in this environment when so, everybody's yeah. looking for work or everyone's looking for workers. Right, and I so. think they see that out of us. You know, like, we, we bring people on. We're never going to leave them hanging. Like, we don't, yeah. you know, you may fail and you may have the opportunity to fail, but we'll make sure we're there and, you know, fail with you if you mess something up, you know. We'll be there to help you out. Be there to, no matter what it is, we'll be there, so. Dan, I know the last time that I had you guys on, you were the guy who was doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. You were the one who was kind of taking on payroll, doing a lot of the ordering, a lot of the things like that. Uh, is that still the case? And, and what do you think is the most important thing that you've taken from these last 12 months? Uh, yeah, still the case. Um, time management's huge. Um, there's always something to do. I I compare, like, uh, kitchen work to, like, a farm, how there's always, like, work to be done. Uh, there's no off-season. There's no downtime. There's so much to do. So many contacts to be made. So many loose ends to be tied. Um, yeah, time management is key. How long do you think it took before you kind of got that component down? Because I, I would imagine – when you're learning all that all that stuff at the beginning, it almost feels like you're drowning and you're just like barely dog paddling and keeping your head above water. I'm assuming you're past that point now. Maybe it's not easy, but you have more of a system down. How long did it take to develop that system? Uh, probably a few months. Um, the water got deeper, that's for sure. Water got <laughs> deeper. Yeah, the water got deeper. <laughs> yeah. Not holding my breath anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, – I don't even uh, – let's see. Um, but, but you yeah. feel comfortable where you're at right now? Or are you still developing processes? 100%, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, uh, like I said, there's always something to do. Um, I've definitely got my things that I have to do on a certain date. I can't let those slide cause then I let other people down and I'm, I'm not here for that. So, uh, it's been great too because we don't we don't you know we don't sugarcoat stuff to people either. Like if we don't know something, we say we don't know it. Yeah. Like we don't try to mess around. So a lot of people have helped us. Like 
you know, payroll wise and yeah. tax wise and stuff. Cause he's like, we don't know it. We don't know it, man. We'll, but we'll learn it. We'll learn it <laughs> straight up. How yeah. important is that to have that attitude when you open a restaurant to know that you have to ask for help? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You think you have to know when to ask for help. Otherwise, yeah, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing in a restaurant if you can't ask for help? Yeah. And we, and we've been fortunate too, like from, from realtors to tax advisors to accountants and everything, they've all been super helpful to us. And a lot of them we've, we knew previous to this. Like, so that really helped out a lot too, just having that relationship. Omaha is a small town, man. People call you out real quick. You know, you start messing up too much, like everybody knows. You know. Now, it feels like you guys were really a hit right off the bat. You mentioned that January 2nd opening date. I think you guys sold out several days that first week, and it doesn't, at least from the outside, it doesn't seem like business has slowed down a whole lot since. How, like, I know that you guys are real laid back and chill. You, you don't let the success go to your head. Like, that's that's just who you are naturally. But how do you combat, like, all the attention you're getting from the outside, from the magazine articles, from uh, from the TV hits, from people bringing you on a silly little podcast and stuff? Like, how do you stay humble and hardworking even as you're experiencing, like, this unusual level of success? I think I'm, I'm actually really good at this one because then I just give it to these guys, you know. You can't get your head too big. I gotta knock him down a little bit. You know that's it's when pretty funny. It's when Midwest Mike over here ends up on a billboard <laughs> full of kitty pickle. You know a kitty pool full of pickles. There you that's, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know we we give it to ourselves. You know like we we love it all. We we love all of it, but we're also gonna like. You know, ha. Dude, Moses yeah. is definitely just built a great platform to troll all of his friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you mean by that? Moses is in charge of the social media. Yeah. He, has, oh, he okay. has no social media, which by proxy makes him in charge of the social media. Right. So, so he can humble you guys. Oh yeah. With real the Instagram quick. account. Yeah, He's yeah. always got that threat. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta live it up too. As soon as he hits you with something, you're gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or else he will just lay in. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to do it. Remember when we won Best of Omaha and I put you in a boy band cover picture? Yeah. yeah. I was trying to talk about something at the Flatiron. I was like, oh, man, Moses in artist mode. <laughs> All right. It's my day off. <laughs> I didn't even look at social media for like a day. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. Now, there are a lot of restaurants out there that have been highly successful but haven't even thought about a second location they're worried about splitting their labor splitting their time everything and they would say like oh we you know we would want to be open at least three or four years and make sure we get everything down before we would even consider a second location 
what was the what was the thought process as you guys went through and kind of weighed that as well? Was there any was there any pausing and saying, wait a second, like this is awesome, we love what's going on, but do we need to talk about are we moving too fast? Or I guess what was that point where you just felt comfortable saying, you know what, second location, yes, we do have the bandwidth to take this on. Uh, it was definitely you know one thing we always talk about is like we're either going to talk about it or we're going to do it, and we oh, decided. Yeah. You know, we're going to do it, but also we kind of went in the back way. A lot of restaurants start out with, you know, the walk-in, the big coolers, the stuff. We started out, and we've had to gradually build everything and get bigger and bigger. And, you know, and we've been busting out the seams since day one. So, like, taking on the second one, it just really made sense for us to have our own location, to have more storage, more more everything, more of a training ground for to bring people in. So, we kind of were fortunate. We went in the back way, you know. We were able to build everything. Everything has a solid foot. We, we have a solid footprint in everything we do which is amazing. Like we don't take a step unless it's really solid and we know it's going to be fruitful for us and successful and we're all going to be there to enjoy it. So, uh, again, I think the flat iron drew us to it. You know, again, it was on that list and we were just looking, man, we were even like, I don't think we were too serious about it yet, but the flat iron just, we kept seeing it and seeing it. We're like, all right, we got to check this out. I think we all looked at each other and we're like, what? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Dan was like, but the flat iron. <laughs> but the flat iron, guys. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? It, it is cool. It's it very cool. cool. So uh, what, what was that feeling like? Like you, you guys have expressed how much really emotion you have for this building and you understand the history behind it. This is not something that you take lightly. So like right. when you sign that paper and when you get the keys, what is that feeling like knowing that, holy crap, like, this space is ours now. Like, it's real. I can't yeah. wait to see who moves in across the street. Yeah, none of us have kids, but I feel like we just had a baby, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, was, I just got married, like, the day before we signed the lease, too. So. Across the street? Jeez. Yeah, I was just, like... Big weekend. Yeah, huge. It was great. Um, Let's let's get into the, the menu, just going back to, to Dirty Birds. You guys have a stable menu. You have fried chicken, fried chicken sandwiches, husk, hush puppies, tater salad, all that stuff's available mm-hmm. every day. But you also, if not every day, I would say at least every other day, you guys are offering some kind of a daily special, whether that be chicken and waffles, fried chicken burrito, poutine fries. I mean, there's all kinds of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Who's coming up with those? A little bit of all of us, really. Uh, we all kind of have a hand in that for sure. Uh, you know, we we try to do one every day. But then again, the way we work too, we use a lot of our product. You know, like we break down chickens in-house, so... We end up with a lot of chicken carcasses. That's we have to make a lot of stock, and we go we make a lot of stock, a so, lot of chicken dumplings. Yeah, so we were like, all right, chicken dump. <laughs> we don't want to waste anything, you know. We uh, for our blue corn house puppies, we have to sift our blue corn, so we use that for grits. Yeah. We make a grits bowl out of it, and it's delicious. It's so good. Uh, we try to use everything we get in house. You know, we don't want anything to go to waste. So and again, you know, sometimes you get that itch, and you know, we are we do come from really chefy backgrounds, so we're like, want to cook something fun today, something different. So we we love it. Oh yeah. What what's an example of that when you wanted to cook something fun and you came oh, up with man. a special? Benedict yesterday, yeah. two days ago, we did yeah, a the Benedict was great. Kimchi eggs Benedict, fried chicken Benedict. Honestly, uh, I had a lot of fun doing the uh, Jasmine's bridal shower. Oh yeah, yeah. That was cool. We did a bunch of stuff off the cusp kind of and like four courses. Oh wow. And it was like in the middle of a rush anyway, so it was a lot of moving and but you guys Five had to in. dance down. Yeah, yeah it was uh, fun. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. One, two step. 
Okay, so like you're talking about that the eggs Benedict dish, like. Mm-hmm. What is the genesis of that? Does somebody like have eggs Benedict and they're like, what if we did this version of it? Or are you just like looking on Instagram and you see an eggs Benedict and you're like that, that's what I want to cook today. Like how does that idea germinate? I really like Saddle Creek's kimchi omelet. Right. It's a oh, it's chef delicious. off the menu thing. So if you go in there and he's got some kimchi back there, he might make it for you. But yeah, I, I'm, I need to get in there more often. I love that place. So that had kimchi on on the brain? Yeah. Kimchi and breakfast that yeah. kind of got yeah. the wheels turning a little bit? Yeah. And we make our own biscuits in-house, so it's a perfect vessel for a Benedict. Gochujang. Uh, Gochujang. Hollandaise. Yeah. I was, it goes good in everything. So like we talked about, you guys are open pretty much all day, every day. It's every day of the week from 10 a.m., Till le- or 11 a.m. to at least 10 p.m., sometimes later. Mm-hmm. Even when you have the idea and you say, okay, we want to do an Eggs Benedict version. We're going to have kimchi on there. We're going to have this gochujang hollandaise. How, like, when are you finding the time to create the dish? Is this right happening now. like... Right now. Yeah. Right now. While we're podcasting, you guys are... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the kitchen, it's like... All right, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What's around? All right. And Cassie, too. Yeah, we have, Cassie. We have Cassie. One Cassie, the, again, Chef Cassie. She is incredible, and yeah. she kills it for us. She, if, we, we, if we have an idea, she puts together the pieces for us to execute a lot of times. So having that, you know, all the pieces put together for us, we can execute no problem. So, What's Cassie's background? How did she come onto the scene? We She's worked with her for years. trained yeah. chef. She went to culinary school, uh, me and Dan worked for with Cassie for years. I think yeah, she was kind of a mentor to me, yeah. for sure. We worked with her at Kitchen Table for a long time. Um, get back to the specials. What is the craziest or wildest special that you guys have come up with? Whether it's hit the menu or not, may, maybe you put it out there. Maybe you said, I don't know, this doesn't work. Maybe you're still workshopping it. What's the, the craziest thing you guys have come up with? That mushroom sandwich is pretty crazy. Oh yeah, yeah that looked wild. Didn't even have chicken on it. Yeah, yeah. we did a <laughs> we we did a mushroom sandwich. We were we were playing around again with new Mine's menu items man. we're trying to do over at the spot. So one dish I used to make with these ladies in Atlanta, they used to call it hundred year mushrooms, and in some, you, know, you can look it up it's like a twenty four hour mushroom. Some people call it, but they used to call it hundred year because it took forever, and it's a twenty four hour cooked mushroom, and it's just a whole bunch of mushrooms marinated cooked for twenty four hours. Really southern thing. Uh, and we were, we were going to do it for this event, and then we were like, no, nah, let's, let's, do, let's do a special out of this one. So we did a mashed potato sandwich, 100-year mushrooms, <laughs> lion's mane that we Memphis dry rubbed, and it, that wasn't, there wasn't even chicken on it, and it sold like crazy. Dang. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Roasted red pepper soup. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. You guys have done desserts, too. Where, oh, yeah. Where did the idea for that come from? That's Mr. Sweet Tooth over here. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a Dan creation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a sweet tooth that just needs to be fed. I don't think Dan's made a cake. He won't. He hasn't. Didn't won't bite. Yeah. yeah. And once bite. you start it, once you start the dessert program, you got to keep it going. Yeah. So we got we got a lady who comes in every Saturday. Like, what do you guys got today? Yeah. And she is like mad if she doesn't have her sweets, and she's young too, so she's like antsy mad. <laughs> so yeah, she's like early twenties. She's, she means it when she asks what we got for dessert today. Yeah. 
Now, baking and cooking are two very separate skill sets. Is there somebody on the team who who handles the majority of the baking? Uh, Debo over here, Cassie. Cassie But uh, really, really, all of us came from baking background a little bit. You know, we all learned how to bake bread for sure. Yeah, you, you worked in a cake yeah. shop in Atlanta. For I did, yeah. Wow, <laughs> cake hags. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mister Sweet Tooth. What's the best dessert that you think you guys have put out so far? Um, we were doing like a what was it? Like a chocolate and banana layer cake for a while. That oh, was really yeah. good. I think yeah. We need to revisit that. Yeah, we should. Um, <laughs> the way that Mike is moaning about it, I <laughs> I think it's going to be revisited soon. Yeah. The, Kool-Aid cakes have been a popular one. Those are real fun. Oh. What else? Nanner Nan- bread. Nanner pudding, Nanner bread. Nanner bread's a big one. Yeah. People go nuts on that one. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. That's good. The buttermilk caramel. That was mm-hmm. a good recipe. Yeah, like a banana buttercream. What else? Always a hit. All right. So those little sherbet balls were fun. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Fruit Loop sherbet. Yeah, that was a one-time thing. Yeah, we made a uh, every flavor of Kool-Aid into sherbet, <laughs> and so we did all these little one-ounce scoops of it in a big in a big uh, like Sunday cup. So we did it like fr- we called it our Fruit Loops Fruit Loop sherbet. It was fun. That sounds intense. It was yeah. You Is to, that why it, Mike's saying it's a one-time thing? It was, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. rough. Just like seven different flavors of ice cream hanging. Like ah man, at like five degrees. Yeah. Yeah, hard to scoop. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that we talked about last time was, you know, you guys are working so much and you're constantly pushing. We talked last time about the things that you do to avoid burnout. So it's Mm -hmm. not just like every day is the same thing over and over again. That was, well, we talked in May. So you guys have been doing it for about five months. Now we're going on almost a year. So we're talking another seven months of just that grind, that grind, that grind. Are there any other strategies you guys have found, especially as that grind has increased and you've taken on more responsibilities that help you avoid that burnout? Uh, well, because there's three of us, it's great. And because we've hired a lot of people, we've learned how to get days off, which has been pretty crucial to everything. Yeah. So there's, there's never a time where one of us won't be there, or two of us. Excuse me. Maybe right. Well, except for right now. Granddad, yeah. Granddaddy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and I guess we're still kind of learning that ourselves. You know, we we feel it sometimes, but I don't think burnout's the right word. We're tired, but, uh, you know, a burnout would imply we don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. We don't like it. Still it's hungry. Fun. Yeah. It's really fun when we all three have a day off together, too, mm-hmm. or a couple days off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Dangerous. we can be tired, but I don't think burnout is – you know, I don't think we get there because we still want to come back to it. We want to come back the next day. The only reason we're not, you know, we're just tired. If you're gone three days, you just want to get back in the kitchen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really confused about the world, go back to the kitchen. Yeah. What is it about the kitchen that grounds you? It's just <laughs> something to do all the time. You're in there. And plus, again, all of our homies, like, it's a great environment <laughs> to work in. Stop thinking about life. You got to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great. It's it's nice. A little sanctuary escape sometimes for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what, what what Anthony Bourdain say. I'm highly suspicious of anything that happens to me on the other side of that door. Yeah. Fair enough. Now beyond the food, one of the things that I love most about Dirty Birds is that you guys are unabashedly yourselves. Like 
you don't hide anything. Your space is adorned with pride flags, Black Lives Matter flags. You guys will banter back and forth with customers. You'll give oh, yeah. it you'll give it to them a little bit. Your social media posts can be a little edgy sometimes, but that's you. You guys are just bold and and you're out there. Why is it so important for you guys and your brand to just be yourselves? Yeah, I mean if we weren't, then it wouldn't be our brand, you know, like it would be, it'd be a facade. We, you know, we may as well went and franchised a pizza hut or something. You know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to walk on eggshells, but that is just not us. And it's not our circles we run with either. You know, my wife works for the ACLU in Nebraska, you know, like, uh, there's always somebody there to talk to or somebody that has a different point of view of you, as you. And, uh, we love that too, you know, and yeah, we'll give it out. We'll give, we'll take it too. You know, like people talk, Talk shit to us all the time. We'll do it right back. That's fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, all points of view. What's your all, favorite book? Yeah. All, <laughs> the, the thing about fried chicken, too, it's a galvanizer, man. You can have all these points of views and everything, and something can be wrong on this side of the table as it is on this, but there's one thing that's a constant, and that fried chicken can galvanize all of the points of views easily, too. Like, it's it's magic almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's nice to have that. Um, yeah, and, we, we, you know, we're unabashedly ourselves as well. So we like that. Another thing that I really like about you guys' social media is how supportive you are of the other businesses in the Switch. Oh, yeah. and, and that extends to Ansel's, that extends to El Arapone. Champagne Poppy. Champagne Poppy. <laughs> yeah. But it especially extends to that booth that kind of, or booth, uh, stall that rotates mm-hmm. between different pop ups, whether that's Little V's, whether it's Collier, whether Little it's the Itis. Whatever pop-up is currently operating in there, I feel like you guys are putting posts on social media. You're like, get out and see these guys, or, yeah. or you're getting their food, and you're posting pictures of it, and you're like, dude, this is awesome. You guys got to come get this. Now, these pop-ups aren't necessarily your competition per se, but if somebody comes into the Switch and they decide to go to this pop-up versus going to Dirty Birds – like they they can only have one meal, so sure. th- it is your cool. competition a little bit. Why do you think it's so important to support those other stalls within the switch? Yeah, I mean that was us. That was that was us. Yeah. Not too long ago, you know. I would love to see it. the people that have come in too. They, there's some great folks. Like there are some really good people. The itis is there right now, and those yeah. those guys are fun. <sighs> they are the coolest people, and uh, yeah, man. It, they take a lot of our customers and good for, <laughs> good for them. You know, like that's, that's yeah. great. Uh, there's plenty to go around too. And, uh, the other, the other thing about that is too, like you have a customer, maybe they didn't eat with us, but they had a great experience. That's, that's better for us right. than it could be any other way. You know, like if they had a great experience in there, that's going to be good for us in the future. It gets them coming back. Cause you know, you make money on comebacks. Like you make in the restaurant game, you make money on people who come back and see you and see you, you know, one-offs are great. It's always great to have a one-off, but, we want that to be an inviting place because we were there, we were right there with them, man. There was there was a lot of stuff we didn't know, and uh, they're going to be finding out too. So it's kind of fun. We get to yeah. watch the process from a little bit of a from a window. We're like, oh yeah, there we go, and it's, it's really cool. So when a new pop up moves in there for two weeks or whatever, do you guys? I'm sure you go and introduce yourselves, but do you say, hey, you know, we're here as a sounding board. Like if you need anything, let us know. Do you say, hey, here's three or four things right off the bat that we've seen other pop-ups struggle with like we want to help you with this how, how do you approach that relationship Moses literally has a sign drawn up for them and some artwork before they even show up like yeah, when I they try show to up them, it's like yeah. yo 
that's the hardest part too, especially when you're just starting something. You never think about that part. Like the, the, you know, it is, it's, it is a blank booth and you can have some great food, but it's like, well, if it doesn't look like anything, that kind of, it's kind of not fun. But uh, I think we always try to not only introduce ourselves, but we tell them the busy times, like, Hey, be ready. You know, Tuesday nights is trivia. You don't think it's crazy, but like, dude, it gets crazy in here. Like be ready, you know, Wednesday, overstaff Wednesday. here. Yeah. Make sure Wednesday you're prepping up for the weekend. Uh, yeah, we, we try to, you know, we try to build that relationship with them, show them where the fridge is. That's a, it can be confusing too, this way. It's just where everything is, like where, where, where your utensils might be. Right. If they got mixed up with somebody else's, like, yeah. What do the dishwashers clean? Do they clean, you know, do they clean your equipment? No. But, you know, you have to figure out, like, what, just the, just the whole landscape of the building, you know, because it can, can be confusing at times too, especially walking in. And it could be intimidating, you know, not to toot our own horn, but like, we get lines out the door. So someone coming in there could be like, whoa like what's going on right now so it can be quite intimidating so we just want to alleviate that a little bit and uh and we like their food too man like mm-hmm. dude we've been eating itis all week oh, this man. week yeah v's every time man i killed some burritos and some flautas every time he's there yeah little v's is Those stupid good. yeah yeah that place is ridiculous dude, the torta <laughs> yeah. the torta is incredible uh so how much has interacting with those especially the pop-ups how much has that, like, built you guys up? Because as you open this second location, you're going to have to be training people to operate the switch location on their own or with less help. So in a way, like, helping these people or these other pop-ups at the switch is kind of preparing yourselves to – it's like developing your mentorship muscles absolutely. a little bit, right? Yeah. It's it, – it is yeah, it, it absolutely is point. too. Um and it's hard. It's 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 hard to train and develop, but like we like the process, so and we found a lot of people willing to take on the process, so it's been good. Um, yeah. All right, I'll get you out of here on the two questions that, <laughs> I, that I like to ask all my guests, and I, I realized I went back and listened to our May episode the other day. I didn't ask you guys last time, so I've got to get your thoughts now. What is the number one thing about the restaurant industry? that you think most diners don't understand, but you wish that they did? <laughs> Customer's always wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The hilt motto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our employees are the right, the ones who are right. Yeah. That's, that's how build, we do. Build a comfortable environment for your staff, or else don't open a restaurant. And, uh, like, you know, it may not look like it, but, you know, every kitchen is a slight, quirky, weird family. So, yeah, man. as a consumer, consumer, you might you might not see that. You may appreciate it, but there's a lot that goes in off the clock to make a successful restaurant too. Like, it doesn't matter what restaurant it is. If people hang out together. They catch rides with each other. You know, they go over to each other's houses and do laundry. It is very much a family, and uh, it was a forgotten about industry for a long time. As far as you know, the the, the pay didn't accelerate like other industries, so it became even more of a consolidated family. So yeah. again, you know, employees, a lot of tech buses, you know, they catch somebody rides with homies. Beers this week. Yeah. yeah week, someone buys beer this buys week. Beer. Yeah. So, uh, just the whole family aspect of it. So, so don't give your server a hard time. Cause then you piss off piss, your servers. priest, your mom and your dad. Yeah. All in the same, same kitchen. Good luck. Yeah. Dan, when you say the customer is always wrong, what, what do you mean, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean we're not 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 insulting anyone here, no. but just like unpack that a little bit. Oh, um, 
I don't even know what to say. Uh, per usual. It's uh, just, just that overall diners don't really because they don't understand it, what's going on behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, they just, don't have a full understanding. Yeah, understanding's key. Yeah, um, maybe it's a misunderstanding, but don't come in entitled. Don't. Yeah, that's a good way to put come it. In, come in with your research done. What? What is it? I, I think we like to call it meal prepping before you go out to eat. Look at the menu. Maybe call ahead. Make sure there's room. Maybe, like, tip a little extra. It's been a hard year. Like, you know, take some time and listen. Read the menu. Read the menu. Again, read the menu. I can't tell you how many times people have been like, why is it my grilled chicken fried? Be like, well, it's grilled. I mean, it's grilled. (laughs) You know, if that threw you off, I'm sorry. But, yeah, our employees are right. You know, they're there every day, you know. Like, they, they may make a mistake here and there but they're there every day our employees are the most important people they don't always be right but we're gonna make it right right mm-hmm. like we're, we're right all right and to get you guys out of here on a positive note favorite part about being in the restaurant industry <sighs> family yeah yeah these, these dudes for sure yeah never bored oh yeah I would pay to be bored sometimes. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you guys out of here on that. Is that note. what vacation is? You just pay to be bored? Yeah. Basically, I yes. love that. Yes. I never thought of it like that. How do you pronounce that? Vacation? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one. Are we saying that right? Yeah. Vacation? All I ever wanted. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to look forward to. Uh, forward to when it comes to Dirty Birds moving forward, even when it's just the daily specials, which people should follow you guys on Instagram for. The Flatiron Building, we're going to get more announcements on that. We're going to move further yeah. down the road. And most excitedly, the sitcom that you guys have coming out <laughs> with roommates and yeah. living next door and everything. I can't wait for that. But yeah. Moses Mosley, Dan Whalen, Mike West, Thank you guys so much for coming on the show again and, and for sharing this awesome news. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, you're you're kind of like our good luck charm, too, by the way. So this yeah. is the third time we've been on. So everything big happens after we come on here. So, yeah, I think we're buying half of Nebraska tomorrow, it turns out. All right. Fingers <laughs> yeah, yeah, crossed. Let's yeah. make it happen. Just, just the cool parts, right? Yeah. <laughs> just the cool parts. Yeah, 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 we'll leave the other half. Yeah, exactly. All right, Omaha. As always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.